what it's referring to, my wife told me that if I'd live 25 more years, starting tomorrow, that I'd be 100 years old. Now that's what he keeps having reference to. And, and uh, you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 119. I thank you for the invitation that is given that we do come from the authority of the Johnstown Baptist Church, Brother Pete Horn being the pastor. I'm not a freelancer. And uh, we're thankful for the invitation as always. We thank so much of Brother and Sister Hobbs and what they've meant to us over the years. And I say that in all sincerity, not just because I was asked to speak. I told him this morning that we saw about a sign subject. I have to say this. That's fine and dandy. I've been both of them. You have too, and whatever. But one time this fellow mentioned to me there was not time for uh, the uh, signing of subjects, and he said, you know, after the services was all over, and I thought of here, how everything seemed just like it, it was just ordered that way. Well, we know it was of the Lord. And he said, you know, you can't outdo the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I just praise the Lord for that. But I told Brother Hobbs this morning I was going to preach about him. And so the, I'm going to read three verses here, and I'm going to be far from them, but uh, as sometimes I always do. But I like for you thinking about being determined. We talk about preaching the Word. Are we determined to do the things of the Lord, to preach what He says and so forth? So I thought of Brother Hobbs when... Uh, Brother Horn said to me, he said, Brother Hobbs and them uh, think they're going to have uh, their conference. And of course everyone, you know, that says, well, how can that be? You know, there have been sicknesses, there have been, you know, many difficulties and problems. How can it be? But there was one elderly feller that was determined. And so here we are. And so I want you to think with me, uh, for just a few moments, there's, I don't say nothing that has not already been said, and probably several times. But in Psalm 119, verses 30 through 32, I'm just doing this because of time now, because I don't want uh, you know the man with the hook to, to get me. So he said in verse 30, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto the testimonies, O Lord. Put me not to shame. I will not run. I will run the way of thy commandments, when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Now, I believe in the sovereignty of God, probably as much or more than than any. I made a remark some time ago that I, if anything I went to seed on would probably be the sovereignty of God. But I'm on this morning, as much as I believe in the sovereignty of God also believe that there's a human responsibility. And so when we think of being determined, as I thought, as Brother David brought the message, as I think of the situations of our day and what's before us, I feel it may be not long before we must make a determination to stand for thus saith the Lord. I'm afraid that many that have that profess to be a child of God 
will flee. There are many now taking sides. And many are doing things that, that I didn't think that I'd ever see. And the things I say this morning, I hope I'll never see. I hope the Lord, as He said, comes back and receives us to Himself. But brethren, while we're here, we ought to have some determination. As I thought about how the world is taking sides, I won't go into all of these things. I'm going to read you a few uh, excerpts from an article that was written. But when I think of the how that men claim to be ministers of the Lord, and how that they say that we must go over on that other side, or as one fellow said, if you fellows don't change, you're going to dry up. Well, he don't know the God that I know. But when we think about today, the thought now that when we get, if you can bear with me for just a moment, but when we begin to think about the how men think, one just as good as another. Not only do we think hear that about churches, but you, you think about the society and everything, and we're being uh, indoctrinated that, you know, one just as good as another, no matter what it is. There's no definites. It's all in-betweens and so forth. When we think about abortion, we think about sodomy, and the things that goes on in our day and time. But the thing that I will bring for you this morning is uh, some things I'll read to you. What about the hate crime? Oh, we, we, you know, I'm going to read this again. This came out of uh, Israel, My Glory. This, it's by uh, uh, Craig Parcell, and, and I don't know him or anything, but here are some things that he said, and I want to use this for our, our thoughts. He said, years ago I traveled to the Netherlands. A well-known cartoonist had recently been arrested there and his computer seized by the Dutch police because he had publicized a cartoon criticizing Islam. And he had also criticized Christians, but those cartoons never sparked action. Now, you'll get my thought in a few moments of it, but we see that it's all going against the things of the Lord. It's not what everybody else thinks, that everybody is equal, and so it's against the things of the Lord. He goes on to say, such shocking disparity exposes the problem with hate crime laws. Under the guise of enforcing high-minded civility and tolerance, they club to death ideas that are deemed political incorrect. They are insidious menace to free speech, and they may be headed headed to a, a community near you. In 2009, President Obama signed into law the first federal hate crime law that threatened to imprison people whose illegal acts are found to be motivated by opposition to someone's sexual orientation or religion. Can't say nothing about them. We'd all get put in jail next conference, wouldn't we? But um, he said, I have been tracking the handling of this new law, and there are subtle signs that future prosecution of people of faith may be on the horizon. The hate crimes approach, which targets disfavored ideas, 
is part of an increasing global trend. In Denmark, a Danish-Iranian artist was recently convicted for condemning Islam. In December, Danish-Palestinian poet Yahya Hassan was charged criminally for criticizing Islam under the same Danish penal, uh, penal code which outlawed any communication by which a group of persons are insulted due to religion. Closer to home, instances in Canada of anti-Christian prosecution based entirely on the expression of disfavored ideas have practically become legendary. Although the U.S. government has stopped short of criminalizing pure speech simply because the ideas are unpopular, my review of nations that passed the hate crime laws indicates that such laws inevitably morph into prosecution of hate speech. Since the passage of America's hate crime law, we have seen an increasing vicious intolerance of otherwise lawful and responsible ideas simply because they are denominated as hate. Facebook, Google, Apple have all adopted prohibitions against hate speech and removed certain conservative and Christian comments from their sites. Then he quotes, and you are probably all familiar, but in the winding weeks of 2013, the Duck Dynasty scandal broke, illustrating against the intolerance toward Orthodox Christian ideas. Citing the Bible, Duck Dynasty patriarch Phil Robertson voiced his support for traditional marriage and his opposition to homosexuality. His comments went viral and, and gay rights groups protested, so A&E, the channel that airs the family-friendly and decidedly conservative program, banned Robertson from the show because the backlash against A&E was fast and furious. The network relented and negotiated Robertson's apparent return, yet the incident proves the willingness of powerful entertainment mongols to submit to dissenters whenever they cry hate against Christians. Now I'm saying all that because I pray and I know what we do and what we are is by God's grace. But I think that we, and I'd ask if we have determined in our hearts to obey God. I don't know, brethren, what all I do in the face of being persecuted and so forth. I I would pray. But as of now, I pray that we'll be determined to do what God said. To know what we mean, to be determined is to resolve, that is to end or settle a point in the mind, to come to a decision having a firm or fixed purpose. Now here in this text, I just want to get three thoughts out real quick and then we're going on to uh, some examples in the Word of God, which you well know, but I want to remind us. In verse 30, the psalmist says, I have chosen the way of truth. Now brother, I believe that's determination. That I personally 
that I have determined in my heart that I have chosen the way of truth. No matter what the world does, no matter what the era is, but I, myself, have chosen the way of truth. But then he goes on to say in verse 31, I have stuck unto thy testimonies. It doesn't matter what the world says. I mean, I'm concerned about it. But brethren, when God says something in His Word, that is what we need to take for bare facts. It's what God says. It's not what man said. No matter how much we may be threatened or whatever may be said, but I have determined that I have stuck to thy testimonies. And then in verse 32, he said, I will run the way of thy commandments. I believe that's determination. I will. Now I'm not speaking of the I as you know I and I and I as already has been preached in this conference. I'm talking about for us personally that there's a determination in our heart that we will serve the Lord. Now, and with that in mind, these are well known as you know, but you remember the Apostle Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2 and verse 2. Now we understand all about Paul and what and so forth, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2, Paul said, For I, Determine not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now Paul, we've heard about the church at Corinth and all those things, but Paul told them, when I came to you, I came with a determination in my heart that I was going to preach unto you Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now why would Paul, we would say, why would he do that. Well, because of time, I can't go into all. And the, the other uh, week, I filled in for uh, Brother uh, Horn as he was in a revival meeting down in uh, Georgia. And I used the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, and this has already been uh, used this week, but uh, in verse uh, 18, he said, For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. Alright, Paul speaks, uh, he knows there's two groups, and we won't read all of this, but Paul was determined when he went to Corinth that he was going to preach unto them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the reason for it, first of all, that God had ordained it to be so. Because in verse 21, I believe, when he said, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Not foolish preaching, but the foolishness of preaching. What? To save them that believe. And Paul knew in his heart, and he was determined in his heart, that he was going to preach the gospel unto them, because he knew that first of all, that was the way that God had ordained that men would be saved by the preaching of the gospel. And of course we know that he tells us in the 15th chapter that what the gospel really was. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I had also received. What? That how Christ died according to the scriptures 
And how he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Now Paul was determined in his heart to do so. But you know, I wondered how determined that we are to do like the Apostle Paul in spite of persecution that we would be determined to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ unto this sinful world. Oh yeah, it's easy when we'd sit here in this conference and, and all of us is basically in agreement with all things and we love one another and, and so forth. But what about when the, the persecution comes? Now I won't turn to it, but you know in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul tells a lot of the things that he went through. Paul was beaten. Paul was put in jail. Paul was done. There's all the things that happened unto him. But Paul was determined that he was going to preach the gospel when he went there. But now, as you well know, there was a time and and it may be coming. But what do they do? What do you do when they, they tell us you can't do that? You can't preach. All right, now let me say rephrase that. They won't tell us that we can't preach. But if you will take in through the especially the book of Acts. You will find, I'll go back to the Apostle Paul, when he said, you know, what, chapter 26 in there, when he said that he thought that anything that was contrary to the name of Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, you, you can agree with all the things that's going on in the world. But when you hold to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you, you can't preach that. We don't want you to speak in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, now, we don't want you to say anything that has to do with the Bible. Now, what are we going to do? Are we determined that we're going to do it also? Well, in Acts chapter 4, as you know these things, and uh, if I had a, about a day or two or a week, uh, we'd cover all these verses. But you remember... They had done a, a marvelous thing. There was people that you know, the man was healed, and all the things that that was brought. You know, it boy that thing, we thought. You know, the whole crowd would. But there's always those that of old Satan that'll be in opposition. And so Peter stands up before them, and and well, back in let's just go back to verse one. I'll try to hurry. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the certain of the temple, and of the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they were that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Now, if you'll get the thought in here, it's absolutely against the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything out in the world is fine, but don't talk about Jesus. Boy, that's where we're at today. You, you look at these things that I quickly read over, and you talk about the hate crimes. You can say anything you want to about Christians, but don't say anything about anybody else. All right? Of course, we know the story. They, they laid their hands on them, and, and uh, the rulers came to them, and, and then... He said in verse 9, uh, 
Peter says, if we this day be examined of the good, uh, de- good deed done, the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, and by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was said it not of you builders, which is become the head of the corner, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Brother, that's our message, but it's not in this world. Everybody's just as good as somebody else and everybody's way is just as good as the other. Oh, you know, we're all... I think of Brother Harry Bomber... A so-called preacher said to him one time, said, well, you know, we're all working our way. He said, I'm all working my way. But you see, that's the thought. As we see here, the reason that Peter was determined to do what he was was because there was no salvation in any other. I believe that's the same as what Paul uh, was saying when he went to the Corinth. Now, of course, they took him for unlearned and ignorant men, as we all know. But in verse 18, they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Now that's the reason I believe, brethren, we're going to have to make a determination. I, I, I trust that we will be, to what God says in His Word, we'll be faithful. Amen. When persecution comes now, it's a little different story. Don't you preach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge me. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. That's the brother, I trust that's the way we be. We can't preach anything else but the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't preach anything but the truth of God's word. We can't do it. Of course, when they had further threatened them, they let them go and finding nothing how that they might punish them because the people and for all men glorified God for that which was done. But now, what, what else do we find about them? Well, if you drop down to verse about 28 when he said, For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined, that's what their prayer was, that determined before to be done. And now, Lord, sure, they believed in the sovereignty of God and what God controls and so forth. But now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Oh, God give us grace. We determine in our hearts we're going to preach the gospel in spite of what the men might say. But we know that over in chapter 5 we know that they, they did preach the gospel. And then let's just begin verse, they'd healed the sick and whatever, but in verse 17 of chapter 5, and when the high priest rose up, and the old they that were with him, which is the second of the Sadducees, were filled with indignation. They laid their hands on the apostles. They put them in a common prison. Now we know how the angel came and, and delivered them and, and, and so forth. But they were, they were told that they were to go and to speak 
They say, oh, you know, I, I just wonder sometimes about us, you know. Oh, Lord, we're trying to do what you've told us to do. Oh, you know, you, you, you know, we're, we're trying to do a good thing. And look at what they're doing to us. They're threatening us. But where did they find them? They found them in the temple. What were they doing? Well, in verse 40, And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. If you'll just hold on to that, it was against Jesus. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer the shame for his name. And daily in the temple, in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Now, that's determination, brother. I don't think they did it to make your name or uh, for themselves. I don't think they were boastful and proud. I think they did it because they loved their Lord and they were faithful. Now, I've got about a few more minutes, but quickly note something with me. You remember back over in the book of Daniel? You remember it was spoken the other day about the, the three uh, Hebrew children? In chapter 3 of the book of Daniel, we understand, and I don't have time to go through it all, we know how to understand it, that they were to uh, be cast in the, the fiery furnace and so forth if they didn't uh, worship that which was false. The old say it's being done. If you'll read any anything's going on we're, we're blessed in our country right now but in many many places in this world Christians are being put to their homes they lose everything they have and everything else because they're called Christians we've been blessed brethren we've lived in probably the best time that, that there's been in this country we have been blessed but we find in verse well, let's look in verse 11 where he said, And whosoever falls not down and worship, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And then you would see in verse uh, 16, And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and, and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. That word careful, I'm told, we're not really concerned about this matter. We, we don't have that kind of concern. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Islam says, they're the only one. You worship our way or we'll persecute you. Well, what do we do? Let me quickly give us another. You remember over in Daniel chapter 6 that the decree came out that we not to pray. They could only ask the petition of that which was false. 
And we know how old Daniel did. What did he do? He went in as his custom was, and I might, I'm just, <laughs> someone said about paraphrasing, but, but he went in as he always did. He looked his window, and he looked out toward Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day. So, boy, what's that got to do with our determination? It's already been told, and I've said this before. I was in the U.S. Army Reserve for eight years, and and afterwards we began to have uh, little get-togethers and so forth, and they asked me if I would be like a, a chaplain unto them and so forth, and, and which didn't amount to a whole lot. But anyhow, the Army chaplains have been told, you've read this, that you cannot end your prayer in the name of Jesus. Now, how else are we going to pray? So now what I'm, I'm getting at, and I'm closing here because my time's up, but what's our determination? Are we determined to preach the gospel because we know that that's God's means that sinners will be saved? Are we, are we going to be faithful to Him and that which He has commanded us to do, that we're not going to go to some false way as just to get along with people? Are we determined that we're going to pray unto our God through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's always in His name? How determined will I be in the face of persecution? I thought, may God give us grace to be like Joshua of old. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How determined are we?